Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his cousin gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, for the latest updates, information, and picks. You can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides, and you can follow my cousin Jared on Twitter at Cousin Jared. This Major League Baseball episode covers every game scheduled to be played on Wednesday, October 12th, 2022. This is game two of the National League Division Series games. In case you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. That's www.pictureoftheprofessor.com slash new. Yeah, that's right there. He's pointed to there for you. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. For a primer and explanation, you can pause. If need be, go read that, come back. Otherwise, the goals for this episode are to share key information about these games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why certain plays are being made. I never recommend blindly tailing your fitting pick, rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with us or against us before investing your hard-earned money. As always, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so what I provide are loves, locks, loves likes, and leans. It is A, B, and C grades, and to get my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. However, however, please understand that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to say will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Cousin uh, Jared, haven't seen you in a while here on our baseball show. I feel like you've been uh, college footballed out on us. Yes, yes, I have. And and the crazy thing is, is that I remember opening day, it was April 7th, it was a Thursday, and being on, on that show, and the fact that we have come all the way through the regular season, through the wild card round, and now to the divisional series, it just does not seem possible that baseball season has gone by this quickly. Yeah. Where does the time fly, right? It, it flies, that's for sure. Goes, I guess. <laughs> all right well before we get to today's slate some reminders please hit that like button if you're on youtube also if you aren't yet please consider subscribing or following it's free and if you turn on notifications you don't miss any of college basketball mlb or college football content that this channel provides got some college football week seven stuff out for you already if you haven't seen that make sure you go check that out also we've started up a patreon page for those of you looking to support the show and get extra benefits membership starts at just three dollars per month which gets you the play of the day and again a reminder you're looking for some other things for just five dollars a month you can get access to our discord chat ask questions about any of the games and we'll get back to you as soon as possible it's the best way to get us to answer questions it's the easiest way for us to see that you have the questions otherwise let's get to the games all lines courtesy of bet online sign up link in the show description and current as of the time of this recording on tuesday night and as a reminder the prices you will see on the screen in parentheses are the money line prices needed for those sides to reach a certain level of Money line play according to sideline. We got two NLDS game twos for you. The first one will be 435 Eastern. Phillies at the Braves. Uh, Phillies escaping with a win in game one. Uh, a huge win. Obviously, setting up now for Wheeler and Nola. I mean, this is exactly how you draw it up. If you're a Phillies fan, win the first one in two. That way, Suarez, who's your third best pitcher, can go in game one. You know, you got to win one of these next two if you're the Phillies and, you know, it sets up, you know, if you can take this one, you're in really good shape. Uh, Weather-wise, it'll be a nice day in Atlanta, mid-70s to start, around 70 degrees to finish. Winds will be blowing in at 5 to 10 miles an hour, so that will be a little bit of a better under-type play if that's the angle you're looking for in this game than on game one. Was blowing out. We do have a slight chance of rain and around the 20% mark. Something to keep an eye on. Shouldn't be too big of a deal, but you never know with Atlanta. Uh, Zach Wheeler and Kyle Wright, two really good starting pitchers. Uh, Wheeler, obviously, though, is the better pitcher between these two, but Kyle Wright's a guy we've liked to back all season. Wheeler with a 282 ERA and the underlying metrics say that's pretty spot on. One of the top pitchers 
in my database. Kyle Wright, a 319 ERA. Advanced metrics say it maybe should be a tiny bit higher, but still very good. Obviously, the Braves have an edge with regards to the relievers, and you saw that with the Phillies trying to blow game one uh, late in that one. Offensively, I think these two teams are about the same. Sideline says the Braves should be a minus 134 favorite here. Basically says the Braves have a little bit of a home edge. And the fact that Wheeler is better than Wright is kind of offset by the fact that the Braves can have a short leash with Wheeler and go to that awesome pen of theirs. They did use a lot of guys in game one, but they just have so many relievers coming at you. Uh, Southern thinks the Braves should win at a 57% clip. That's good enough for me to take the Braves at minus 125 on the money line, as you can see on screen there. If it gets really basically into the one teens, it's an A-grade pick. Up to minus 121 to be an A-grade pick. Minus 122 to minus 131 is a B-grade pick. That's where this money line falls right now. So it's a B-grade pick for me on the Braves money line. Total is seven and sideline says 7.3. Cousin Jared, what's your take for us on this game? Yeah, so you, you talk about sideline setting that total at 7.3. When I go look at the markets right now, you can get under seven at plus 105. So I'm actually going to play the under seven in this spot. And again, I like that probably at even money or, or a little higher. Like I said, plus 105 right now. Uh, I don't like it if you would have to start lay, laying odds there. And the reason I say that is because if – Kyle Wright, you know, has a good game. Obviously, you feel good about th this game going under the number there. But even if Kyle Wright gets chased after maybe like four and a third innings or something, I, Zach Wheeler can still definitely go seven, seven and two thirds innings or something like that and, and only give up one run. So unless the Braves bullpen, it, unless the, the Phillies get out to such a lead where they're just, you know, the Braves are just throwing guys and they're not really caring, trying to save their arms, uh, you know, for, for the next game of the series, which it would have to be really out of hand at that point. Yeah, because you, you – you're not going to just concede and go down 0-2 unless it's yeah. yeah if it's like 10 nothing or something then it doesn't matter right like at the point yeah. that's it, you don't you don't we don't wave the white flag until it's way past until the overs already hit really yeah exactly and so i just i just think that that both pitchers you, you talked about them, both pitchers are, are are really really good in this matchup and i don't think either team is going to give up on this game at any point and, and yeah. so uh, I, I like the under seven and again at, at plus odds or even money yeah. is where i really like it not so much if you had to you know minus 105 or minus 110 yeah i agree uh this one would be one where i kind of just Honestly, the total, I kind of just take whatever plus odds you can get, right? If it's mm -hmm. under seven plus odds or, uh, you know, however it flips around to other numbers, I just really look at plus odds. I think it's priced yeah. fairly well. So the plus odds offers you some value. Yep. Um, I, I, I like, I, I think sideline total is a little high on this one, honestly. 7.3 feels a little high. Um, Wheeler is really good. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know what else there is to say about that. And Wright's overperformed all season and been a guy I've loved to back all season. And both these offenses are good. Um, it, it, it's a situation where I would definitely not go under six and a half, but I'm a little surprised this number is hanging at seven mm -hmm. um, at plus odds. It seems a little bit, it's not a play that I'm making right now, but I, I don't think it's the craziest play because uh, like you said, you kind of expect both pitchers to do better than what the pitchers did in game one max Fried struggling was a surprise to everybody i, I think we all kind of could see suarez having a good start or a bad start but you don't expect i i think both of the both these pitchers are better than ranger suarez so yeah. you just expect better than that and you expected max free to do better than today and and not to take anything away from the phillies offense i think they're pretty solid but uh 
that's still a surprise when a guy that good gets hit around the way he got hit around. And so you don't yeah. really expect that to happen again. Yeah. And, and you mean, you mean, I mean, if I've heard you say it once, I've heard you say it a million times this season on, on this show that that push protection at seven, such yeah. a, a common, common number, especially in yeah. these playoff games when, you know, nobody's wanting to concede any runs at all. And everything is about run prevention. Uh, you know, I just feel like having that push protection at, at seven and then getting plus odds on the under, it just seems pretty valuable to me. You mentioned the winds blowing in a couple miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, I feel like setting up for a decent shot at a win here yep uh the other game 8 37 p.m eastern padres at the dodgers uh as of the time of this recording game one uh hasn't finished Dodgers have a lead so but i mean who knows uh by the time you watch this you may know more than we do at this point but right now it's looking like the dodgers likely to take the first game uh you know the first game dodgers getting a lot of runs early off of clevenger which was very easy to foresee coming. I, I think I said those exact words that she's not a very good pitcher and the Dodgers offense is too good. Uh, a different story here in game two with you Darvish on the hill, a pitcher who long talked about this season, been very impressed with 310 ERA and the underlying metrics say that's not really a mirage. Uh, very solid pitcher, probably not as good as Clayton Kershaw though, who's uh, still at this age having a fantastic season, 228 ERA. Advanced metrics say it should be in the mid twos, but that's still fantastic. I mean, all, all the, uh, props in the world to Kershaw for continuing to pitch this well this late in his career. And as I've mentioned before, the benefit for the Dodgers today, throwing a lefty in Kershaw makes the Padres offense a little bit weaker. Uh, but this just sets up to be a very different game than game one. Game one felt like the Dodgers would get out early and then it was just hang on for dear life. This one, though, with Darvish, I think he can go toe to toe with Kershaw. Obviously, this Dodgers offense is really good, but Kershaw is as well. Uh, Sideline says this should be Dodgers minus 166. And so the current money line price of plus 175 on the Padres might be worth a flyer at such plus odds. It falls in that B grade category, but instead of taking them on the money line, I'm going to take them on the run line at plus one and a half at minus 130. That's a B grade pick officially for me. The total is not an overplay, unlike game one, where for some reason they gave us over seven. That made no sense. Uh, but it's set at seven and a half here for game two, which makes a lot more sense. Sidelines is 7.8. And so since I think that the total is a little bit more accurate on this game, I don't think there's any harm in taking the plus one and a half. I don't like taking the plus one and a halves if I think that the game's going to go over because I think it's more likely to be a, a two or three run game. Right. Um, but I mean, seven and a half is not a very high total. Both these pitchers are pretty good. I think the total's not bad. So I think the run line on the Padres makes a lot of sense here. Minus 130 is a B grade pick. Uh, Weatherwise, uh, a nice night in LA, mid 70s to start, upper 60s to close. As always, wind blowing out to start, dying down as the night goes along, uh, and no rain in the area because it's when you get rain in the area in LA, you, it, it's just confusing, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it's usually a nice night for baseball. Cousin Jared, what is your take on this one? This 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 kind of I had some second thoughts uh, on this one because I I feel like and I know this isn't reality but I feel like every time the Padres played the Dodgers this year the Dodgers just handed it to them uh, because you know I, I know that they you know everybody thought that the Padres were going to be the team that was going to challenge the Dodgers this season and, and last season. Yeah, until they fell like, apart. <laughs> yeah, and so it just feels like the Dodgers just wanted to squash that, like right off the bat, right? Like we're we're not going to take this from you. You're the little brother. We're the big brother on the block yeah. kind of thing. And I feel like they definitely did that at the beginning of the season. So I just kind of had that in, in my mind. But 
looking at what sideline says here, I think there's just too much value taking the the one and a half runs here. I mean, we, we know this could turn into a pitch, pitch, pitcher's duel with Darvish and, yeah. and Kershaw going, and so you could easily see this being like a three-two game or, or, or something like that. You mentioned the total could be a three-two game, but you. <laughs> The Dodgers offense is frightening uh, to, to ever yeah. play and under against kind of kind of no matter what. But sideline says that there's value here. I, I'm going to hop on the, the one and a half runs as well. Maybe similar to what we said about the, the Phillies and Braves, where it's very unlikely that either team is going to want to concede this game, no matter the outcome of, of game one. And so I think that makes the one and a half runs even even more valuable. So I'm going to I'm going to stick with you and stick with sideline here. And I'm going to take the, the run and a half with with Padres. And, and I want to address something that was in the comments too. People talk about the, the hot bats, the Padres coming in or whatever, but we have to remember that uh, it's it's very similar to what I talked about in the first episode of this week of college football about the squared rectangle thing, right? That um, we have to be careful about what implies what the team that wins the world series is the team that did get hot, but the team that's hot at any given moment, isn't necessarily going to stay hot. And that's the thing is that we know that a team that gets hot will win, but staying hot, getting hot, losing that heat is completely random. Um, oftentimes it has to do with just how good you are and how good the people you're facing are. And the Padres offense is good and can score runs, but they're when they face good pitching, that's going to be hard. Right. And that's what happened here in game one to start off with the, the hot bats, the Padres, you know, didn't score in the first, whatever it was five innings of the game, you know, and that's doesn't say hot bats to me. Right. right. Uh, so to me, I'm not making anything of that one way or the other. The Dodgers are a really good team. They're likely to win this series. Um, but the Padres have a couple of good starters. And when those starters pitch well, that's their key to winning the series. And it wasn't really in game one. Game one, uh, you know, you never know how that's going to finish up with bullpens, of course. But the biggest chance for them to win, win is a guy like Darvish getting into a pitcher's duel with them. And that sets up perfectly yeah. for this run line play. Uh, yeah. They can keep it one to one, two to two. And the Dodgers have had, as good as that offense is, good pitchers have been able to keep them to those runs. We saw it with uh, Alcantara one time this year did it too. Now, of course, one time they lit up Alcantara. So you just never know with that Dodgers offense, of course. But good pitchers can hold this offense down, and that's the key is this game's 2-2 late, 3-3 late. And then maybe the Padres pull it out. That's their best chance. But everything else on the run line, we're looking pretty good, uh, secure, knowing that it's hard for the home team to win by multiple runs if it's tight late. And, and I feel like this is a pattern that we've seen with the Padres throughout the end of the regular season where we were oftentimes backing the Padres when they had their good pitchers going. But if Manaya was on the mound or Clevenger was on yeah. the mound, and we, we were fading them basically every time. So I feel like the sidelines projections of these first two games kind of align exactly with what we've seen during the regular season um, that, where it's just completely uh, starting pitching dependent for, for yeah. the Padres, whether we're backing them or fading them. Yeah, and it's it's unfortunate if you're a Padres fan that the way the wild card, and I think it's kind of by design, but the way mm-hmm. the wild card work coming off of that series, right, puts it where they're uh, having to start uh, their weakest of their four pitchers in game one, who's then set up to also go game five. <laughs> That's right. not ideal yeah. for them. That's kind of the whole point yeah. of the wild card is to penalize these teams because yeah. if the Padres were able to set up their rotation – and get, you know, Snell and Darvish and Musgrove going in this and then maybe hide a bullpen game in game four and then bring back those guys back yeah. in game five, you're thinking, man, they got a chance here. But it's like it starts them off rough that the guy that's going to potentially go twice in the series is that by far their worst starting pitcher because the other three guys are pretty good. Yeah. Um, and so they they got they have chances to hang in there in two, three, and four. Um, it's just that it comes back around to, to you know <laughs> – Game five yeah. being Clevenger. I don't know what they're going to do, how they're going to win game five. I mean, they really have to win. Yeah. They really got to win it in four or else I don't think I don't like their chances. Yeah. Yeah.
All righty. Well, those are two games. Uh, any parting words from you, Cousin Jared? Playoff baseball is the best, is it not? I can't – like every single pitch is like just like a heart attack waiting to happen. And, and <laughs> so it, it is simultaneously the best and also the absolute worst. How did how did you handle – because we've – look, we've loved the Mariners all season long. Mm-hmm. And Astros Mariners – we're both Astros fans. Astros win the Mariners. Um, how, how did you handle game one with um, the insanity of – them putting in Robbie Ray, who's been lit up by the Astros this year. Astros, including Alvarez, can hit lefties uh, mm-hmm. in that spot. A starter in the middle of an inning, not even at the start of the inning, but the middle of an inning, uh, come back. How, how, knowing that you like the Mariners and you're always back in the Mariners, like how, how was your emotions in all of this game? As an Astros, you know, the most important thing to keep in mind is that I had the Mariners plus one and a half. And yeah. so I was perfectly happy with, with uh, <laughs> almost any outcome at, yeah. at, at that point. But yeah, when they brought in Ray, uh, he's one of those people where you just have irrational confidence as an Astros fan that the Astros yeah. are going to find a way to, to uh, get a few hits off of him. So yes, I was actually uh, sitting in a sushi restaurant and, and oh. watching that on, on a TV there and, and saw Alvarez hit the, hit the walk-off home run. So uh, yeah, it, it was a very good, good night uh, for me as both a Mariners backer and an Astros fan. Yeah, in, in true playoff baseball, uh style i went into daycare to pick up my daughter during the pitching change got her mm. into the car sat in the car in the parking lot watched the at bat <laughs> mm. <laughs> on <Yep>. the phone <laughs> yep. the, the, the important stuff yeah the important, yep. the stuff, important stuff uh yeah, yeah I, I feel like that was the perfect outcome for us as astros fans getting the win and the mm-hmm. mariners plus one and a half but i mean it played out exactly yeah. like I, I talked about right which is mariners got a chance to win this game but you know the astros are really good so let's be safe and take it on the run line and that yep. worked out just to a T and getting the over. Uh, I don't think it could have gone much, but I feel like it's downhill from here for us, right? Like we cannot do better than that game. I mean, that that's, that's absolutely correct. And obviously as, as Astros fans, we would be heartbroken if, if, if they didn't make it to the, the ALCS, but at the same time, if the Mariners and guardians are playing each other in the ALCS, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> utterly depressing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I feel like it's – I think we're set up well either way. It's either going to be Astros-Yankees, which is what everyone wanted to see again mm-hmm. as another rematch of this, and it's been such a great series between those two teams. Or yep. we get Mariners-Guardians, which is the two teams we've loved all year, or we get a crisscross of one of the other. So I, I feel like we're – the Final Four in the AL is going to create a lot of rooting interest and a lot of good money-making opportunities in yeah. my opinion. Yep, I agree. All right. Well, that's all we have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. We'll be back throughout the week with more sports betting content. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.